On this episode of Movies Ruined My Life, Doctor Strange is in theaters, the internet has already said their piece, and now it's our turn. Also, spoiler alerts, but I hope that you would expect that by now. All right, let's go. All right, so that's Devin. Hello. That's Brent. Yeah. And I'm Brandon. And we're back from the dead after our Slasher Fest attack. Um, and it feels good, actually. <laughs> it's good, good to be alive. <laughs> good to be alive. Yeah. And obviously, we're here to talk about um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's recent acid trip. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> Doctor Strange uh, is at theaters, broken box office records for the month of November, uh, which I don't know if that's really saying much, Yeah, but we're going to go with it. Seems important. Like the big blockbuster beat out some Oscar fodder? Great. Mm, yes, surprise. In any case, I initially, I'm not going to lie to you, I wasn't very stoked on doing this episode. Not because of, you know, I, I thought the film would be good. I, I thought I, I was very confident in the cast, at least putting in great performances, regardless of the strength of the script, these sorts of things. But um, initially when I saw it, I just felt as though, and especially the days that followed uh, the film coming out, I just felt as though there wasn't a lot that I could add to it. Now, as we've been talking more, even Nick, who's not here, we've been talking a little bit about the film, and we've been talking about, uh, you know, the origins of Stephen Strange and so forth, um, and I've gotten a little bit more excited about it. So now I'm actually really excited to get this one out of the way, because mm-hmm. I feel as though um, the internet's weighed in, and now it's our turn to scream back, which I feel good about. <laughs> kind of like what we did with the Batman v Superman episode. We waited a few weeks... And then, and then, tried to tear apart everyone that had already cemented strong opinions. <laughs> so, um, I wouldn't mind starting out with initial reactions to the film, gentlemen. Who wants to kick us off? Um, I mean, I'll I'll be completely honest. I didn't really. I mean, maybe maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. I didn't really have high expectations going into it. I didn't think it was going to be that good, and. Uh, I don't know. Like a lot of my fears about it were uh, were realized upon viewing. I, oh, no. I don't know. Just <laughs> just that it was kind of um, uh, not a lot happens. Uh, so much build up. So much build up until mm-hmm. you know any sign of, of uh, real conflict. Yeah, really, yeah. really emerges. I mean, say for the you know the conflict of of between him and his hands, which whatever. I don't yeah. Know. I I mean I I thought like origin stories are often that way, mm-hmm. um, but it was more than the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an hour in uh, in an hour forty movie um, when the real conflict emerged, and that's a long time to wait for even a sign of of you know besides like the five minutes at the very beginning of the yeah. movie that you see like I I don't know. Do you think it would have been more interesting to actually see him? Because they, they just kind of, obviously you see him reading and these sorts of things. Do you think it would have changed your opinion at all if you saw him developing more of his uh, magic skills? Obviously we know he didn't, uh, or at least his spells, the spells part of it. Because they just kind of, they cut from his training to this line that's like, you've gotten really good at spells. Yeah. Uh, 
it wouldn't it, you know I, I know that you're not a big fan of how how top gun plays out you <laughs> once referred to it as uh, a film about practicing <laughs> but um do you think that maybe a top gun esque structure where where a, you know there is more more stuff like that scene where they left him in, in the Himalayas and stuff like that. If that had played out to a greater extent, do you think that you would have found a little more gratification from that? Because I felt that. I felt that in the film. And I know you saw it in 2D and I saw it in 3D. So I had a little bit of a different reaction to the uh, uh, a lot of the effects and stuff like that than you did. Yeah. But in terms of just the structure of the film, do you feel as if they had they had maybe stretched that part or or restructured it so that you could actually see a little bit of the stuff that he's actually good at instead of just seeing him sucking, sucking, sucking. Well, then Mads shows up and everything's happy again. I, or I everything, think, everyone in the audience is happy because now here's the Stephen Strange we know. I think they had something with the, um, the sort of... Uh, unknown motivations of the the um the sorcerer supreme mm-hmm. and i think they didn't do anything with it really mm-hmm. um and i think that could have been like a nice uh thing to work on during the building like it it was like wong is is like totally down with the sorcerer supreme mordo is like uh you know yeah, you, they're all you don't you don't question her because fucking one, yeah. she knows what she's talking about and then there's this whole like she's she's I I don't know feeding on the energy of the dark world or whatever to say immortal. Mm. I mean that that could be like that didn't have to be a reveal in the last like fucking what like half an hour of the movie or to, or twenty five yeah. minutes. Like it could have been less subtle with the hinting like yeah. these are her private collection. That's it. And then they wait until the last few minutes to ever say anything about her using said private collection. Yeah. Again. I see your point. That that felt kind of wasted, and that could have been something to carry you through, you know, some of that. Hour. So if, if he started <laughs> to get savvy to it a little bit more in a more overt fashion than just kind of him knowing and not saying anything to anybody, yeah. Hmm. Why, he does kind of hint at it with Mordo when they're uh, when they're training at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but then Mordo just shuts it down. He's just like, fucking none of us know about this. Well, this I mean, and that's the thing. Lady. Like, <laughs> none of to us that know. point, though, I mean, like, because I'm usually a fan, like, a, a good example was The Matrix, where they really hold your hand through a lot of it and they really beat you over the head with a lot of the imagery, being like, this is what's happening. And I've talked about this on previous episodes. And in this one, I'm kind of with you, Devin, because they didn't hold your hand enough. Yeah. Like, they gave you all the pieces. Like, he's skeptical from the very beginning of The Ancient One. And, you know, like, like, Brandon said, you know, they show the books. Matt's at the beginning, sees the books and steals the page. And then he does, like Strange does the the time thing and, you know, has his eidetic memory so he can just, like, remember exactly what it was. So it's like all the pieces are there. So in hindsight, you're like, yeah, totally. Like, this was not hidden from us or not just like a deus ex machina thing at the end. But you're right. It feels like they didn't do much with it. It was just kind of there because it needed to be there. They didn't really, like, be like see something's up and then when it was up it was just like oh but she's good and she just was gonna die and she knew it anyway and, you know spoiler alert <laughs> i i feel like mordo shutting well, it down almost <laughs> almost <laughs> like I, I feel like mordo shutting it down almost like closed the doors on that subplot completely mm-hmm. for the first little while well, like they're all... they're fighting and then he goes well he you know um dr strange understand. says something yeah. about the sorcerer supreme and he's like look man mm-hmm. like yeah. She's been around a long time. And, and she's she's holding this shit down. Just don't question it. And that's the thing. And like, then 
he finds out that that so what she fed on a little dark energy or something and he's like all right fuck all this well I mean, but that's the whole <laughs> point like that's with especially with what shit. you know like the this is and even for people who aren't that familiar with doctor strange they're familiar with mordo like he he's appeared in a handful of especially like let's see just cartoons if you just know mm-hmm. cartoons from our childhood he's been in spider-man cartoons he's been in the iron man cartoon he's been in a handful of stuff you know who he is and you generally kind of understand his motivation yeah. even from that animated that came out uh a handful of years ago you kind of know uh, or you actually you know totally because of that, but uh, you know I just it, it that you're absolutely right that like his I, I enjoyed the idea of where he sat bec- uh, on the spectrum at the beginning, like the first act. Okay, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is I I felt the same as you that he should have started to unravel at that point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because he just he just does a complete 180 flip yeah. upon hearing like the smallest anecdote or seeing the proof that, rather yeah seeing the uh the sign of dormammu which i can't think of like on her forehead briefly for like a split second yeah it's mm-hmm. just like she does draw power from the you know the whatever blah 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 yeah. and then just okay no problem uh, she's been protecting the earth for like an eternity but i don't know no problem <laughs> whatever yeah <laughs> Oh, well, that's the thing. Like, it's all there for his arc. And, you know, at the end, we're like, Stephen Strange will return kind of thing and all that kind of stuff. So they, they play in this from the beginning yeah. and the post-credit James scene. James Bond will return. And, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, and like the, but the, the post, post-credit post scene and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're right. It's all just there to sort of serve that plot point, And they don't really dwell on it at all. And I, I agree. I think they maybe should have dwelled on it a little bit more to just leverage it in a way to make it more interesting other than it feels like okay it's just there so we've had our origin movie what's next you know so i'm with you on that what are your thoughts on this film brent i really liked it um you know i mean like we've heard everybody say like you said the internet's kind of settled on 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 the reviews but i mean the idea that you know this is iron man with magic instead of technology sure you know a good origin story yeah i thought it moved along in a pretty decent clip at an hour 40 was it or whatever it is Mm -hmm. i mean it it, I felt like it could have been a little bit longer and it could have been sort of like arranged and paced a little differently. Yeah, I thought the third act was a little bit messy. We'll get into that but, later. Yeah, but I mean, for the most part, I, I did enjoy it. You know, I wasn't disappointed. There were a lot of little like hints and Easter eggs. Like, you know, like I was sitting there with my friend. Like, I really wanted to see it in like IMAX or D-Box 3D or something like that. But I went with my friend and uh, she's like, yeah, I can't see 3D. Everything's blurry. And I was like, normal it is. And uh, Oh, you're kidding. Oh, it was totally the 3D fun. was fantastic. I, I'm this. sure it was. Like, Maybe I'll see it, it again someday. It, it, but. it made all the difference in the world to me because I saw it uh, first in 2D and was like, eh. Oh, okay. And then I went back and saw it in 3D and was like, okay, that's nice. That's enjoyable. But I mean, that that was the thing. I mean, like, it, I guess it I depends know. on the movie. And this is a movie it's made for. Like, I saw Kubo and the Two Strings the other day as well. In Great, 3D. right? We <laughs> should be doing a fucking panel on that. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, what are they called, Leica sometime? Yeah, but yeah. anyway, because um, like Paranorman's the shit. And that movie is fucking <laughs> dark. Like, Kubo is a oh, children's yeah, movie and like dismissed as a children's movie. Yeah. And there are people being fucking cut the fuck up in that movie, oh, yeah. like, right <laughs> away. Like, that movie opens <laughs> with a baby dying or like near death on yeah. the shore of a fucking yeah. beach. It's like holy shit! Oh, and that was the thing when 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 the sisters show up the first time. My friend is like, "This is that kind of movie." I was like, "Yes, yes, it is." Anyway, back to Doctor Strange. But <laughs> <And> also, <laughs> people go and see Kubo because like the amount of like it is still in theaters. Yeah, yeah. the the amount of uh, if you haven't already, um, just 
effort. Intricacy <laughs> in in the design, like that origami ship and all stuff. A lot of it's done stop oh. animation. Well, most most um, of it isn't and, even like the big the big skeleton guy. Yeah. Did you watch? Did you sit through the credits of Kubo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, that mid credit scene of the life size or like larger than life scale model mm-hmm. of the thing then attacking the animator like mm-hmm. that was sweet. Oh, it's fucking great, great <laughs> anyway. flick. Anyway, but yeah, I was saying so the 3D like I feel like yes, it definitely would have accentuated this movie for me, but I was still really happy with it otherwise because I mean it was still a wicked trip and the effects were amazing the acting was good and I mean the story the origin story as it went I liked it you know like the the the, the Stephen Strange Doctor Strange like outfit looked really good on film mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff you know they mention uh, War Machine's injury at the beginning no that it's not War Machine's it's the Hammer Tech injury that's the one because uh, this no. film set just after the events of uh, of, I, um, of Iron Man 2 just oh okay because I thought it was just before the uh, the car crash no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but he's it, like, you know, a military guy with yeah, a spinal yeah, yeah. injury. It, but they're talking about um, they're talking about the the hammer tech one that you see in the trial in Iron Man two at the beginning. Uh, I thought that was War Machine. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but no, there was that, and then um, like other other little things like that, or like even like when they show the other worlds and it looks like you know. Um, like synapses and like you know like biological and that kind of stuff i feel like that was potentially a throwback to like ant-man going subatomic and you know that kind of mm-hmm, thing they're talking mm-hmm. about other worlds and i mean like there's just a, there's a lot of cool yeah. parallels it did fit in really nicely um and i guess what i was happiest about is this the this is the one that sort of solidifies magic in the marvel universe because they've done the, the thing well they've done the intergalactic stuff they've yep. done the ancient stuff they've done the uh the technology and the mutation and that kind of stuff and then with this one i mean the build up to it with Ghost Rider and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've, they've been doing really well with that, I think. Like, I've been watching that season mm-hmm. and I'm really happy with it. And the whole season, they're just like, so he's not an inhuman? They're like, no, no, he made a deal with the devil. He's mystical. It's this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with Iron Fist coming out, yeah, you know, that's going to further cement it and that kind of thing. But it was just that idea of just, I thought this was a really, really good introduction of that because even though they're spending half the movie waving their hands in the air, it doesn't look incredibly cheesy. It mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. come across really well. Um, so yeah, like places it could have been better, but I'm not hugely critical of this one. You know, I, I was happy with it and I'm not a huge Dr. Strange comics fan, but, um, I, I feel like, you know, I knew enough that I could appreciate a lot of the little nods that were in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, like I, I came out really happy, had a lot to say, just talking with friends after and, and getting ready for this, you know? The, um, I, I know exactly what you mean. When I was watching the film, we, we were, in the the 3D, the time I went, I saw it first 2D, and then the second time we saw it in, in 3D, and I realized, like, this this film, I was about halfway through, and I said, this film uh, will make Doctor Strange fans oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, very happy. Um, and new fans as well. Yeah, like, yeah. It, 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 did a, it did a lot of service to the character that I, I, I even didn't expect, and we're going to get into that. Like, I remember we came out, and... Um, Everyone was like, "Oh, there wasn't many Easter eggs in that." And was I was like, "Are you fucking high?" Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like the whole yeah. movie is just one big. F- it's yeah. like fucking Kinder Surprise. That's yeah. what that shit is. Like, but in any case, uh, this episode brought to you by Kinder Surprise. <laughs> um, <laughs> do Do we have any here? Because I wish, <laughs> man. <laughs> I got something to say, but I got to build this toy first. <laughs> the um, the film for me. Uh, I had some big glaring problems with it. Mm. And there were similar problems that I've had in the past. And it's funny because Scott Derrickson keeps coming up uh, as of late on different shows, mainly because he's he's done a lot in the horror realm. So his name did come up a handful of times in the uh, 
in the month of October when we were doing a lot of our stuff. He came up in the Stephen King talk. I think he came up in one episode of Slasher Fest. And uh, I, I don't know his work or his style well enough. Um, but I felt like this film in particular had a lot of studio uh, pushback. I just felt it in my bones. I know that it went through rewrites. I know they brought in a writer who was a who has a longstanding relationship with him. So I don't think it, it, that the film went away from his vision. I just think that um, uh, you know it it uh, um, it it felt like something that that was a a hive mind kind of group um endeavor and and while that can be a good thing and in this case it is a pretty good thing mm-hmm. uh you could also I, I didn't suicide squad, i didn't right? yeah i didn't yeah. think it was as pure as as some other films that have been more pardon me been more singular visions in the mcu not that anything ever was because you're always building towards the next thing um, initial reactions to this film, I absolutely loved the kind of, uh, and I said this to you off there, Devin, uh, the kind of nod to the kind of Ditko art style, uh, very influential. Obviously, the use of Pink Floyd in the film is nice because obviously Pink Floyd used, uh, um, used Dr. Strange artwork. Um, and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think what else I noticed when I was actually in the film. Obviously, you noticed the 177A bleaker yeah. when he came out of the uh, the New York uh, Sanctorum. Sorry, and uh, yeah, there there was a handful of of little ones that that kind of made me happy. I I liked um, the staff that uh, Chiwetelage for was using. I can't remember. I wrote it down. The last time I saw it, I I took a notepad actually, and I wrote three things on it because it's fucking dark in the theater, and I had 3D <laughs> glasses on, but I made a bunch of notes afterwards, and I wrote it down. Um, I know the staff you're talking about, but... Yeah, the staff that he's using during the training. Yeah. When he's like, you know, you're, you're whatever, we'll but find he mentioned, you or choose you. He mentioned the name of it, and that's what gave me the fucking nerd boner. Um, I have it written somewhere. Oh, I have it in the lat. yeah. Uh, oh, of course, it's the staff of the Living Tribunal. Which is not really from the con- comics. The staff isn't, but this mm-hmm. is the first mention of of the Living Tribunal. Although obviously there has been reference, uh, Ronan the Accuser, like other cosmic beings, uh, yeah. yeah, like other other beings. Even Ant Man had like a hint at it. In that yeah, kind of thing, so yeah. so like uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, and obviously we talked about the Kree and uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Agents of Shield and so forth. But I just I. I I like that little tie in there, kind of already stoking the fire for things way down the line, getting a little geek nod in there yeah. as well. And I liked what they did with a lot of those items. Mm-hmm. Oh, I obviously I liked that they, they start the film very quickly off or at least not the film, but um Strange's journey, they started off very quickly, kind of exposing him to a lot of things that no one else, no one, not even Thor, knows. In in our like group of heroes that exist currently in the mm. MCU, and I love that. Well, and, and that's the thing too. It's it's it was a weird balance because you know like the, the first post credit scene, the mid credit scene, Thor is completely like, what the fuck? But he's also like you know like it starts off like so Earth has wizards now, right? Yep, and that kind of thing. But then he's still you can tell he's like he's surprised, but like pleasantly surprised. He's like, okay, I'll roll with this. But you can you know it, it is they do present it in a way where you're just kind of like, yeah, he didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, but on the on the flip side of that is just um, like the whole uh, Eye of Agamotto kind of thing when at the end when uh, when, right, when yeah. Wong refers to it Sorry. as an infinity stone and I'm like I knew it was coming the whole time well, I knew obvi- it was obviously, the time obviously it was the time, time gem I mean it's green he's using it to control time and they need one in every movie and every major character and that kind of thing but like have they ever straight up been like aside from I guess what Guardians kind of well, all, sorry, you know ahead. talked about it but I mean that one where he's like you don't want to walk around with an infinity stone you know around your, right, neck, your neck and you're like which technically in the comics if if we're going with that it always like, is he, he always <laughs> wore the eye around yeah. his neck but it also wasn't an infinity gem but just gem. the fact that they referred to it, I don't. I don't no, think it wasn't so. an infinity no. gem because it's part of his. He drew yeah. power from it. Yeah, but I mean, that's all kinds thing. of cool shit. With but it. the fact that they just overtly just said that, I'm like, you guys are just like, you're not even holding back anymore. You're not even, you know, being clever. This isn't in your face. It's like, oh yeah, so Avengers: Infinity War is coming up, <laughs> you know, and it was just that weird thing where a lot of it was esoteric or was sort of like a wink and a nudge, and that one was just straight up being like. If you've been paying any attention over the past like few movies, then mm. you know I'm just gonna beat you over the head with it in case you haven't. Yeah, it's it was it, it felt weird. I don't know. It just felt out of character from like the MCU. Well, Wong also struck me as odd because he he was a sorcerer, obviously, yeah. and uh, which he he wasn't in the comics. The librarian supreme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've always hated that term for Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. It always makes me feel like I'm, you know, I'm eating some kind of enchanted Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a Taco Bell around? No, I'm kidding. Anyway, but um... I feel like I've made that joke as a child, and my mom like laughed at it. You know, I remember. I remember that, and I also remember using a defibrillator uh, type motion using earbuds as a child, which nice. we'll get to the defibrillator nice. scene yeah, in yeah. this. Uh, this film later because there's some doctor shit that you know how when we when we i'd like to get into but you know how when we're um or fuck it let's do it now as musicians because all of us uh, you know kind of kind of sort of sometimes yeah yeah pretending musicians on this (laughs) panel um we all when we see playing in film playing piano playing guitar playing bass playing fucking bassoon whatever it is love bassoon yeah um we always kind of are very judgmental of the performances um and uh and appreciative when it's say for example not uh just bullshit yeah like not, you're not just emulating you're not just phoning it in you're yeah. actually okay you've got my attention yeah something along the lines of like an oscar isaac and uh um the the coen brothers flick why can't the i think of the name of it Llewellyn davis whatever yeah lewin davis yeah um Stuff like that, you know, you're appreciative of it. And and I feel like the doctor scenes, like the hospital scenes in this film are like, are the bad films for us when we see bad guitar players right. or, or whatever. I see where you're going. Because the dude washes his fucking hands and then he puts on the gloves himself. His mask is coming on and off and on and off during the surgery, just like spitting in this guy's fucking open wound or whatever, you know. Hair's open, hair's, you know, enclosed and like, you know, it's just, there's so much inconsistency about the the whole thing. Um, It's, I just feel as like those little touches, while they don't matter to us, and obviously the cuts... Um, maybe they worked in a different order. Maybe that's why you see mm-hmm. that. that. Like happens. even he washes his hands and then he puts on the fucking like the first scrubs, scene. you know, yeah. and stuff like that. I, and I just I know that there's some doctor somewhere being like, come on, <laughs> yeah. like you know. Um, 
But I mean, that's like, those things are easy. And like a lot of my friends who do work in film and who have like there's there's an entire pretty much continuity protocol and staff on mm. most like, you know, reputable, reputable shoots. Right. And I still hear stories from friends of mine, whether it's, you know, like makeup or wardrobe, yeah, and the that kind of thing, comes take photos at the end of every scene at the mm. end of every day. So when we come back tomorrow and, you know, there's that one kid who's on the truck. And it's their first big shoot, and they forgot to take photos three days out of the shoot. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just one of those ones where, like, it sucks, but, I mean, like, the stuff's in place, and and there's no reason for it. And I wonder if that's a situation where, like, in editing, you know, they're just like, well, fuck, it's too late to fix that. Or do they even (laughs) care? Like, it's... Because it's so inconsequential. It's not a a doctor movie. Yeah, although you kind of... Say, for example, Benedict Cumberbatch, who spends time working with a Mm world-renowned neurosurgeon Mm -hmm. just to get kind of the the concept of how they speak, how they feel about these sorts of things, etc. And he spends all this time with this this world-renowned... I can't think of her name, but this world-renowned neurosurgeon... Uh, reads all of her books, all of this stuff, and then, you know, but in the film, he comes off as, like, haphazard at best, at times. Mm. Or at least to someone in that profession, you know? Maybe I'm overstepping my bounds here because I'm not a neurosurgeon, Mm. you know, last I checked. Um, But I just feel as though little things like that might piss people off. Yeah. You you know, those little touches make film. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, I thought... there there, there were like good moments of it too, good examples of it. Like for example, when he was going through um, all the potential cases while he's driving to the conference at the beginning, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was that one throwaway line, or maybe I think they mentioned it twice, maybe if I recall correctly. But it was just like, "Oh, you're worried about your reputation," mm-hmm. you know. And I always thought that was a good example because with like the recent election in the states and everything, mm-hmm. um, Ben Carson, the uh, the Republican, you know going for the, the the nomination for the Republican Party, you know, he was a neurosurgeon. His big claim to fame was that he successfully uh, separated conjoined twins at the head mm. kind of thing. And, you know, the story goes, he offered the scalpel up to the senior surgeon and, and all this kind of stuff. And if you, if you do read up on it, you'll see it's like, no, no, this was going to make or break Ben Carson's career and his reputation. And it is a thing, like, you don't necessarily take a case, you know, that, that, if it's your first one or your third one and you've had all these great successes, yeah. if you fuck up, maybe you don't get that chance again, right? I mean, I did kind of like insane. that, cause it, it, which is insane and it's the reality of it, but I think that's sort of like a harsh reality that it was kind of cool that they showed us because mm-hmm. it does make Stephen Strange look like a dick, but at the same time, it is his livelihood and unfortunately his livelihood is contingent on other people's livelihoods or lives and, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, like there were, you know what I mean? Like they did put in an effort. It did seem realistic oh, and, and not necessarily readable but the fact that that's there and they did put in that effort and still made you know little continuity errors little you know technical things that should have been caught yeah i get that's frustrating yeah and i i felt a little bit of a um to those scenes and maybe that's why it happened mm. i have a feeling that that uh that the filmmakers were looking for a specific rhythm mm. and that the uh you know, washing the hands had to be number one, but they wanted to show all of the other steps in. So putting mm-hmm. on the gown, putting yep. on the gloves, all of these things, they were all inherent the same way as like a Raimi kind of quick mm-hmm. cut, his yep. style um, of of that. It felt very reminiscent of something out of out of, out of a Raimi film, mm-hmm. uh, the way it was done. And um, I don't know, it... Or even maybe like Edgar Wright or something more recently. Yeah, you know, for so, sure. Um, and it, it, 
I, I don't know. It, it, I, I have a feeling that the, the that continuity took a backseat to to the art. You're right, and, and, if, I, and I, can, I can I can be focus. okay with yeah. that as me as as the guy that just complains about the the when the guitar is played incorrectly. In Absolutely. Um, but you know. I, I I don't know. Thing, I, just, I found it interesting. That's well, all. I felt but, I felt it interesting. And I, you know, I, I can't I can be a little forgiving on that front, just because yeah, it is a comic book movie. It is a the first big Marvel magic movie, and the theme throughout is his hands. It's like you know, shoot his hands all the time, like and and that kind of thing. So yeah, you're right. Do the hand washing scene like well, we've done that, so we probably should do everything else. So but I, I, if it wasn't a priority, I I can understand that. It didn't. It didn't really take me out of it. Like you know, that was yeah. Like you said, being the, uh, being the the guitar player watching the guitarist, being the nerd, just being like, oh man, no, but you fucked up. I'm gonna call you on this. And I was kind of over that while watching the movie. I was willing to let it slide, suspend my disbelief, and just yep. be like, you know what, I'm yep. still having fun, and this is really pretty. And uh, and and yeah, I mean, like it didn't. It didn't really take me out of it too much. I mean, he's guessing. Fucking, he's doing music trivia while he's operating on yeah, that. Yeah, which brain. the music confused were all over. I don't there. think him fucking the order in which he washed hands and put on gloves was as important to me. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't breaking the fourth wall yeah. so much as him fucking spitballing while he's got a person's <laughs> head cut open. <laughs> like again, we're not neurosurgeons unless you yeah. are, and you've never told me. But, <laughs> oh, but yeah, I've, I've I don't I've never had brain surgery done. He's a or if I have, I haven't been awake but... for it. But yeah. <laughs> I studied engineering. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I really did. He really did study biochemistry. <laughs> uh, I, want, I want to be cool, too, and fit in and be smart. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about... Um, I, I, I think... I think we're getting a little bit ranty, so let's get let's yeah. get into some nerd shit. If we're going to be ranty, let's get into some nerd bullshit. Okay? Okay. Um, okay, Obviously, before this film came out, um, Tilda Swinton being cast in the role yep. of the Ancient One yep. was a big uh, brouhaha. Yeah, a lot of people were uh, a, a tad bit upset, and I see. I remember seeing an interview with one of the writers yeah. uh, on ye old interweb and uh, on the YouTube. And he was talking about how they felt as though, like, when you're doing the origins of Doctor Strange, obviously you need the Ancient One. Yes. It's mandatory. But how do you, um, especially when you're dealing with China being one of the largest film markets in the world, and you're dealing with uh, many other, like, or Asia being one of the largest film markets in the world. Quick question. Sorry. Was the third sanctum always in Hong Kong in the there was, comics? There was no third sanctum. That's what I one thought. Sanctum. That's what I thought. They're like yeah. the three major cities, whatever, and that kind of thing. I was like, oh, Hong Kong. Eh, yeah, okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Hi, China. How you doing? Yeah. Come see our movie. Enjoy well, it. Because they still <laughs> left, like, um, they still did the whole Kamratage is in Tibet thing, right? Yeah. So, or yep. or did they just do, take him to the Himalayas? Oh, it was because they they might have sent him to India, right? Where the hell is Kamartaj? Wasn't it? Oh yeah, they sent him to Kathmandu. Kathmandu. That's okay, so say. they That's took what I was about to look up. They yeah. took yeah, they took her out of Tibet yep. entirely. So in any case, this whole racial uproar um, 
that could have happened around the character. I think that they did the smartest thing well, that they could by I have by reinventing about this, the character. I just want to see if you get there. But, no, um, but because I mean, it is that kind of thing. Like I, I remember the big, the big conversation, the big thing that a lot of people were upset about was the idea that, like, well, he's Asian in the comics. Now you're taking away roles from Asian actors, and you know why are you changing it? And you know this ancient mystic Eastern uh, pseudo religious art is now being headed up by a British white woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I understand that that argument makes perfect sense to me. That you know, like. Um, like, yeah, don't take away opportunities from, from, you know, actors around the world. And I mean, like, let's get proper representation and let's mm-hmm. do it in a way that is authentic to what we're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, it's like, well, I mean, also don't get the British guy to do an American accent, you know, or, or, you know, like on it goes, um, or don't get somebody who looks vaguely like East Asian to do an East Asian accent that isn't from their native tongue or their native country or mother mm-hmm. country and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So like, I understand that argument. I support it completely, but the issue is, and this is what they were saying in a lot of those interviews, like from the, the writers and, and the Marvel people, um, as I recall was that, the original ancient one was built on a Hollywood stereotype mm-hmm. of, you mm-hmm. know, the Fu Manchu, you know, like shitty, awful Asian stereotype from, Super you know, racist. 50, 60, 70, whatever years ago, decades ago. Kind of and picture right now. And it's just... There you go. Yeah. So yeah, Devin's same with looking the Mandarin. at... Yeah. And, okay. Well, I mean, at the same time, look at old Doctor Strange and Dormammu photos and it's all hilarious because the 70s. Yeah. But, um, but that's the kind of thing, like I get it and they're like, okay, if we oh, go... Imagine they got like someone with the hairline of Mordo in the comics. The only guy you could cast is fucking (laughs) Nicolas Cage. He's the only. (laughs) That would actually be kind of cool. The one time I would actually appreciate Nick Cage. I'm sorry, he's he's got his moments, but no. But I mean, that's the thing. So like, I understand them wanting to address that and being like, we were exceedingly racist in the comics, and we want to do better. But unfortunately, with the climate. The social climate, the way it is now, the direction they went, while not an intrinsically bad direction, is still an intrinsically problematic direction. You know, and, and Why it's is and that? it's well, because it's that one where you're like, you took it away from this culture, and instead of giving it to another one, let's say going full on like India or something like that, you gave it to a British white woman. You know, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's just like they could have gone in any direction, and that's one that's going to piss people off. And I don't think they're wrong to be pissed off. But I still also think it was a good decision. Yeah, I think it worked well, I especially because they, they got the a quality actor, their potential revenue right. numbers, and, and they got a quality actor whose name and is also really, really good at their job. Mm-hmm. It worked for me. It didn't I would piss cast me off. Tilda Swinton in most male roles or as anything any, she any wanted, roles, yeah, really. like at all. Yeah. So, no, and that's great. But I mean, it's the same thing because the, the the flip side of the coin is uh, the upcoming Iron Fist stuff. Yeah. Where they're like, why is the white guy a mystic ninja? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because that's the story. He got sucked into a pocket dimension and learned all these mystic arts and brought it back to like New York. Um, but they're like, why wouldn't you recast as, an, as like, you know, um, somebody from that culture and that kind of thing? And you're like, you know, at what point do you lose the spirit of the comics or at what point are you changing it for the sake of changing it? I don't have an answer. I'm not criticizing any particular direction 100%. I'm mm-hmm. saying they all have their problems. And so I'm not going to come down too hard on on the, the, the people who made the movie for this decision because I, as much as I can see how it would be problematic for a lot of people yeah. and bother a lot of people... I, I don't think that this one is the absolute end of the world and is going to ruin the movie for me. No. Um, I'm smiling here because as you were talking, I had this thought come into my head. You know how Doctor Strange uh, in its origins was based on uh, the radio, like the old time radio show, Shandu the Magician, right? Um, 
and you were talking about like a white guy and uh, you know mm-hmm. do you remember um another old time radio show about a guy with mystic powers uh from the orient uh the shadow the shadow knows yeah right what darkness lies in the hearts of men is yeah. that how it goes something like that yeah. knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men <laughs> The shadow knows. Um, in any case, great show, especially the seasons with Orson Welles. Great fucking show. Mm. I loved uh, when Orson Welles did it. Um, Was it Alec Baldwin? Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to get to. The 90s Alec Baldwin film. Yeah. There, That whole opening sequence with him with at being like this opium warlord with long nails and stuff. Yeah. I can't get these visions out of my head, like how terribly terribly bad of a decision that was even in the 90s yeah uh and and so you know i i agree with people if they left the ancient one the same thing then it may have been problematic however they changed the entire character everything enough they changed mordo enough they changed they changed fucking wong enough Mm. you know that that like like even a character that didn't have a lot of screen time, really, mm. other than like, you know, Some flipping open books and listening to Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was gonna mention um, uh, just uh, like what it what it like we talk about the improvement of of the uh, the Sorcerer Supreme from being you know a, a, like basically he might as well have been in uh, Big Trouble in Little China, but um. Wong in the comic books, just awful, you look, awful yeah. stereotypical representation. It's Same like as... the most racially insensitive thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and he he's really his you fucking need to spend more chauffeur. time on the internet, dude. He's his, he's his, I he know. drives his fucking car. I know. <laughs> that's, that's all. Same oh, as uh, come on, uh, Hamir, who's Wong's dad. That's the one that Benedict mistakes for. Uh, Thank you for seeing the ancient, the ancient one. one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice switch that they, you know, they at least have made him, you know, like the guardian of of the library. He has some some real role responsibility, responsibility. Yeah. depth to his character beyond driving Being Doctor Strange's yeah. fucking. Well, and, that, and that's around. the thing, and I mean, you know, it's it's, it's, it's a lot of steps in the right direction, right? Because yeah. I mean, yeah, we are, you know, adapting a shitty racist Western white fantasy, yeah. male fantasy, you know, of just kind of like. This is written for a North American audience decades ago when, you know, like we're, and, and don't quote me on this because I'm not an historian or, or an anthropologist in, that I can be any authority on this. But I mean, you know, we're writing for, you know, white people with disposable income. It's like, what do you want to be? Do you want to go travel the world and be a wizard? Do you want to become an engineer and be Iron Man? Do you want to go become a scientician and, and you know, hulk out? I mean it's all these sort of like fantasies for a specific audience. And I do like that they're taking steps to broaden that audience, but yeah, we're not there yet. It's still not perfect. And yeah, it's still going to be problematic. But the fact that like Devin's looking this stuff up right now and like just laughing at it at how ridiculous and how offensive and how terrible it is. um, You know, the fact that it's such a shock juxtaposed with what we just saw this past week, you know, I feel like that's, that's kind of a good sign. When you, you know go- that's progress. When you yeah. Google uh, him, when you search the like uh, Doctor Strange Wong, you get a picture of Wong. 
<laughs> in like a, a you know high to the neck like suit like i don't know what you would mm. what you would call it like you know the stereotypical I know what you, like, yeah yeah, yeah you know, I get it. kung fu suit he's got uh, a suitcase uh, he's he's like walking a, a wheeled uh, piece of luggage. He's got like a birdcage. He's just he's just carrying Doctor Strange's shit. It's this just... is my manservant. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It's funny. I I started listening to um to the crossover podcast episode on Doctor Strange, and I had to stop because. Uh, I felt as though it was uh, it was tainting my perspective yeah. on the film, so I'll go back, guys, and finish your episode. I promise. Yeah. Um, but because um, I agreed with a lot of what you were saying, I just didn't want to. And I, I wanted to bring up that they, uh, one of those gentlemen, actually saw it in the D box, yeah. and uh, and and had it on. I was Matt, and he had it on high, and said he was fucking flipping out during the car crash. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I'll go back and spend like the 25 bucks just to see what it's about. But. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention is they referred to um, Wong as Dr. Strange's Kato. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and which he was. He kind of was. Not in this movie, but I mean, it, traditionally, yeah. Yeah, like, like I thought that was a good analogy. So I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to steal their content. There you go. <laughs> in any case... Um, you kind of touched on the three uh, Sanctum Sanctorums. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's a change. Because, yeah, that was the... I, again, I didn't read the comics. That was the first I'd ever heard. I just knew New mm-hmm. York, and that was it. Yeah. Which I'm told... Which uh, they just handed to him because, what, he didn't die? <laughs> well, there was... They, they, it's uh, like, you've successfully no, defended no, it, the, so now you should... Well, I know the guy the died. One, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then, that guy, yeah. that's also an Easter egg. We should just do all the fucking Easter eggs <laughs> and get this out of the way. Because that's the original fucking um, brother Voodoo. I can't think of the oh. guy's name though. What the fuck is his name? Because he's I have no idea. He's fucking Jericho's brother. I can't think of it. Um, oh well, Daniel Drum. I wrote it down. <laughs> and really bad writing because it was like they they said like brother Drum or Master Drum, right. and I was like, holy fuck! I like what they're doing here. This is. Just pad it with Easter eggs. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I mean, but I mean that. Sorry, I guess the the only point I was trying to make there. I know I derailed this, but we'll get back to it because I remember mm. where you were. But I mean that we were talking before about how things just sort of happen and the handholding and lack thereof in certain regards and certain aspects of the story. This was one where I felt like a lot of things just kind of happened, and it was really hard to gauge the passage of time in this movie. You know, like for me, it was like, okay, you're training, but like, but how long were you training? And then when he comes back and Rachel McAdams was like, you've been gone all this time. I'm like, did they tell us how much time did I miss that? Like, cause it all just felt like, you know, was he there for 20 years? Was he there for six months? Like it's, it was just, it felt kind of weird. And it was the same kind of, you know, just convenient development of like, well, this guy died and you didn't, and you were defending it. So it's yours now. I'm like, this is like the most important thing in your entire spiritual movement. And you're just like, Hey, you're, you're pretty good at making portals. You can hang out here. Well, but that's the whole part that we kind of missed. And that was, that was like, that's what kind of bothered me about the film is that he just, they mentioned to him twice that he's getting really good at making spells. They show him, obviously and, you know, they show him the, the mirror dimension once. They're like, yeah. you're getting really good at spells, so here's the mirror yeah. dimension. And then the second time, it's just like, you're getting really good at spells, and you you, you beat up Cassilius, who 
Yeah. What the fuck were they thinking when they made Cassilius the fucking bad guy in the first movie? But like a guy who's like one of Mordo's minions in a run yeah. in like 1970 something. Well, yeah, it's, it's someone disposable, like, I guess. Because like that's the thing. This really does seem like the setup for the Mordo movie. They should have just made him like Master Mads. And like, and who well, but cares? like also like because that's, Dorm- that's what we're gonna call him. But that's the thing. And the, but the deal with like you know Dormammu don't come back. And he made that deal. If he honors that deal, then we've just lost one of like the biggest oh, baddies, right? The, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but he makes that deal with uh, Strange uh, pretty early on as well because he's being yeah. attacked by uh, those fucking gray things. What the hell are they called? I I can't remember. God damn it. Whatever. Dormammu's an asshole. Dormammu's <laughs> is... gonna come back. Yeah, he, he is get... gonna That's come back. That's all I'm saying. You know, he better be an asshole. <laughs> he made that a similar deal to protect gotcha. the Earth realm in the comics. Okay. Like um, I said, I don't, I'm not super in, intimate with the comics, but... Uh, now it's gonna bother me that I can't think of these stupid gray things name. There's this uh, picture of him uh, that I saw earlier. Oh, the, like was... the, the soulless ones or whatever? Like the Yeah, there's something... I think it's the soulless ones. There's yeah. a few different ones. Anyway, whatever. I was I was playing Marvel Puzzle Quest the other day, and they did a Doctor Strange <laughs> event, and they showed up. I'm going to mention that every episode I'm on. <laughs> well, yeah, no, they, they did show up. You're on an episode good. for like the Lobster or something. <laughs> You're like I was playing Marvel Puzzle, Puzzle Quest, Quest the other day, and it just reminded me how Colin Farrell played uh, um, Bullseye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's multiple Bullseyes in that game actually, depending on the air. Go on. <laughs> No, sorry, so you were just I don't want to get too far from it because, like, yeah, like Matt's and well, the. Let's hear Devin's yeah. thought here. Oh, no, I was just going to say there's a picture that I saw earlier when I was searching up stuff to do with the movie where uh, Dormammu is trying to punch Eternity in the gut. <laughs> He's just, like, he's just a dick. He doesn't yeah, care. He doesn't, but, he doesn't care about the rules. But yeah, but the, but the story you were talking about before I, I kind of went off the rails there was the, the Sanctorums. You're talking yes. about the three of them. And, okay, yeah. I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the differences. Mm. Um, the Sanctorums, there being three of them, obviously is a uh, a fairly notab- noticeable difference. Obviously, also the Cloak of Levitation being like, I've heard it referred to in the past few weeks by every single fucking reviewer, so we might as well join the, you know, the the revolution as the, the magic carpet from Aladdin. Absolutely. You know, um, although apparently the wiping the tears thing was... Um, Benedict's idea, Cumberbatch, to be clear, yeah. not Wong. <laughs> That's right, there's two of them. But uh, that was it. Was a good scene. It did kind of steal the show. And I mean, there are going to be kids here, and this isn't like a Deadpool rated R thing, where it's like, don't bring your kids. You're bringing your ten year old kids to Doctor Strange. Yeah, you know, on like a Sunday afternoon for a birthday party kind of thing, and so that. Like, it needed to be there, and it needed to be like that for what this movie is and who the target audience is, you know? And then, obviously, the whole uh, beating up Scott Adkins with the fucking, uh, you know, basically, really just to get him to be an astral projection so that they can have that hilarious fight sequence in the the hospital, which the probably the actual, one of the few, like, honest to god like legitimate laughter moments for me in this film because as much as there were jokes yeah i didn't particularly like the humor it felt yeah. like stale like early marvel humor um and it was i like, felt like a lot of those were notes from the studio but it's like this is whedon-esque do it mm-hmm. you know but yeah exactly but i i really enjoyed the uh the kettle chip joke when he's at the machine, he gets the one <laughs> kettle chip out, and that then they go the moms, through the machine, you know, and then the yeah. chips drop. 
And he's like, he comes back and he takes like all four but bags. But as he's that's... taking it, they just kind of pan past him. Like they don't dwell on it. They don't dwell on it. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what made it funny because if you're not paying attention to the machine, yeah. you know, then the, the, the product placement won't bother you, yeah. which clearly bothered me because I know it's kettle chips. But that was still, and, uh, as far as product placement goes, that was pretty That was good. pretty slick. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. It's better than the, the fucking, we were talking about antitrust on the computer hackers one, mm-hmm. and that's that movie. Uh, honestly, they should have just made it a Pepsi production <laughs> because, like, every scene, just somebody's drinking <laughs> Pepsi in that fucking thing. And there's like, goes like Pure Wayne's World all of a sudden. It goes into the, like... the uh, satellite uh, tower building, and the only thing in it is a Pepsi machine. Uh, and they, 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 they stick on it so this movie didn't stick on any yeah. kettle chip machines also marvel can afford to not do that yeah right? so, or disney can afford to not do that but. although one of the buildings that was bent in the uh the mirror realm chase sequence at the end uh is the uh and and i i i didn't recognize this i read it in a uh, and i saw the picture to confirm it um one of the buildings that's bent and is bent very prominently right in front of you is the company's it's whatever bank it is is the company that has the um the marvel credit oh, card huh. run like yeah i get it yeah. yeah i thought that was i was busy looking at the avengers tower you know yeah, exactly like, yeah. yeah which is also what puts it you know back mm-hmm. in that same era it's just a reaffirmation that's mm-hmm. like after the events of iron man 2 essentially true Be- yeah 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 so, oh, it's good. <clears throat> whatever. Um, yeah. What What are some sorry, other there, noticeable changes? Was, oh, yeah. Sorry, you want, on, no, go on. There was something you touched on. I lost it. But the Eye of Agamotto, yeah, being at uh, an Infinity Gem, being the time. Yep. Or I gotta start saying stone because there's stones in the fucking movies. Yeah. Infinity Stone. It's the time stone. Um. I guess we could have seen that coming because of the fact that. Only the letters H and N were available in Thanos' name still, right? Right. Because it's like, and and that definitely, you know, because uh, what, what have we got? I, we're going to look it up on the break because it's like the T is the Tesseract. Yeah. Obviously, the S is the um, Scepter. Yeah. Um, and then H is the only one left now. Because well, so, the other one was the... Uh, ether. The Ether is A. Yeah, and then the um, what was the guy? N is necklace. One? O is orb. Okay, there we go. So we we've got everything but with H. So I'm putting my money on it being with either. Uh, um, it's either going to be with uh, Idris Elba, <laughs> or it's going to be with Kate Blanchett in in Ragnarok. That's where I'm putting mm-hmm. my money. If I was if I was taking out a bet on it. Um, that's, that's where I'm, I'm going to say, cause it's not going to show up in Black Panther. So <laughs> no, I don't, th- I think the soul stone is, is going to be, uh, I wouldn't be surprised cause there's been speculation that it's in, in Idris Elba, right? Like in Heimdall fucking like yeah. in his vest or whatever. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised on that. What else have I got here that I wanted to talk about? Um, I already mentioned the, the fucking staff there, um, which I like. Uh, oh, and that's what I started to talk about at the beginning when they they changed around. So they made uh, Agamotto like a um, he was the, Founder the guy, yeah, yeah he 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 trained instead of being one of the Vishanti, or I guess he could still be a Vishanti, but instead of them specifically saying that he was the first, mm-hmm. you know, head of he made the spells. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does all the fancy stuff. 
So I thought that was cool. I liked the sling ring. That was pretty... Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that they did that well. It was weird, though, that they had like multiple like pickpocket scenes with that. You yeah. know what I mean? That just felt like it w- worked. It was fine. I wasn't mad about it, but I was just like, really? It just seemed weird. It's like, oh, we got in a little scuffle. And, oh, right, I got a sling ringer. You don't have your sling ring. And like, distraction. Yeah. So then they're all taking each other's sling rings. It's, it was weird. It was just like, I don't know. I didn't mind it, but it was just kind of a playground. A... <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a, that's a good metaphor. <laughs> Nicely done. But, I don't know. And um, One thing I wanted yeah. to touch on before we went to break sure. was an Easter egg that was removed from the film. Uh, and I don't know why. I can't remember. I remember reading something before the flick came out. Uh, and I was still kind of looking for it. I was, I, I thought it would have been cool, um, because obviously, with it's pretty apparent that Doctor Strange is going to be in Ragnarok. I I liked the idea of Black Knight having some kind of role in this film, mm. and they did have his sword and his mask in one of the cases, mm-hmm. or that was the plan. I think to okay. have them in the film as artifacts, just like they did with the cloak mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. And I, I thought that would have been nice because obviously that's that's the first time that... It's a very, very, very early run of mm-hmm. the comic um, that we all actually fucking read hand, or you know, more or less because those would have been the ones that were handed down from our mm-hmm. uncles and whatnot, you know, aunts and <laughs> parents and what have you. Um, and... You know, I I like I, I like the idea of of that that character at least getting a little nod because like we're not gonna, who fucking cares about Black Knight nobody does, but um, he's not even in Puzzle Quest, dude. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I I like that idea. But uh, <laughs> this episode brought to you by Marvel Puzzle Quest. Oh man! <laughs> if I could get like some free currency, dude, that'd be cool. <laughs> I wish that all these people that we say actually sponsored the show because we would just be fucking cleaning up. You know uh, how many I... times people have emailed me and been like, "I bought a Kinder Surprise." Not really. Damn it! That was, yeah, that was for like example. One, yeah, yeah, for example. Yeah. Oh man! Um, like the Burger King drop <laughs> in the Stephen King episode, and the Pizza Hut drop. Someone told me they went for Pizza Hut because of Andrea saying it. Um. Yeah, so I I wanted to mention that one before we wrapped up because I thought that was that was kind well, of well that is I mean it's just funny though because like that idea because that scene was because that's like, his first it, rift with Asgard that, that's well that's the first like, time he's like fuck you Asgard mm-hmm. and and that's what I'm saying like but that scene is like sort of like uh, I don't know if it's the right word but like rife with potential for Easter eggs like that but I mean it's been done now that yeah, we're like twenty kind of thirty remi- movies in of the yeah it's like Batman versus Superman you see Robin's shit like his old costume all spray painted up in the glass case or yeah. like Amazing Spider Man you see like the Sinister Six you know stuff shit in the post credit scene yeah. and that kind of stuff it's like I, or even yeah. the collector who currently has yeah. he has the ether right yeah he has uh, is it the purple one no uh, that's the um, Power Stone he has the um, what the fuck is the ether which one is the ether that's the Reality Stone, you're you right. Go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, what you started to say really slowly. It's the Reality Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, so really have, slowly, because you know, I actually didn't know what so I was going to say. The Collector has the Reality Stone. But I was thinking so. the Collector is one of those like characters and scenes and, and set pieces that is tailor-made for that. And yeah, it's just so like, like Howard the Duck and yeah, Adam yeah, Warlock yeah. and all this shit. And that's just the thing where it's just like, eh, you know, it's been done. Let's let's you're, you're creative people. Let's try something else. So maybe like cutting that scene, whatever. But interesting though. Regardless, um, I probably wouldn't have gotten that to be honest. No, neither <laughs> would I. And, but I had read about it before. 
um, the movie dropped, and then I I liked the idea of it being there, mm-hmm. and then when it was confirmed that it wasn't going to be, I was a little bit uh, I was taken aback because I've always liked that that one thing that that set Marvel apart in the early stages of building the MCU was that they weren't ashamed of their um, their non A list oh, yeah. selections for sure. They they were a little bit more celebratory with them. Uh, and and more willing to uh, give into the fandom, whereas I almost feel as though DC in more recent and memory Fox has, as well. has taken the taken the lead on yeah. that. You know, well that's the thing. But I mean, like like Fox, you know, did it like just a, a sort of more subtle or less subtle, but yeah. you know, less overt react or, or sort of. Uh, approach that you know the first x-men movie and their outfits the, the black yellow and gold and, right yeah. and that kind of thing it's like you know like and then again let's get the, away uh, from it the wolverine yeah. cut scene <clears throat> but then um and that kind of stuff but like just you know when they try to distance themselves from the comics too much versus <clears throat> excuse me something like luke cage where which i fucking love how much hammer tech they use in that because it <laughs> yeah. means you know sam rockwell's coming back yeah there's the hammer tech stuff and like even like the like I don't know even uh, Shield is talking a lot about like all the rocks on stuff like they're really building a lot of like the cheesy stuff that's gonna come out and, and go there, but I mean the Luke Cage scene the one that got me was the um, when he finds like the vintage costume right mm-hmm. when he like breaks out and he's still got like the the, the bracers and the and the headpiece headband thing on and then he finds the uh, you know the yellow shirt the blue pants and the chain and. And he's just like, sees his reflection. He's like, you look like a damn fool, Mm -hmm. you know, and then throws it off and goes back to the hoodie and the the whole thing that, you know, was way more appropriate for what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then even throws back, I think he was talking to Rosario Dawson later. And he's just like, who is she also supposed to be night nurse? I'm assuming she's night nurse as far as I know, as well as Rachel McAdams. Yes, I don't know well, yeah, how it's going to play out. Like different people. I just I don't and know Rachel's how Rachel's character uh, Christine, whose name I've forgotten, I'm told I've never ever read a single issue of Night Nurse. I'm told that that is a character source from that. that okay, comic. I've 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 seen the comparison drawn, and I, I've heard concern earlier on. It's like is she replacing Rosario Dawson after Rosario Dawson's been in what three different series now, yeah, I know. and will probably be in two more mm-hmm. for Netflix. Um, I don't know. And Rosario Dawson's not a small name, yeah. You know, so I mean, it's kind of weird that they'd throw that out. So I don't know if it's going to be a recurring theme or a faceless character. Well, yeah, or... but there's many of them, and and even there are okay. That's what I don't know. Comic, and and there's a lot of them that are, do- or there's at least one of them I know that's because I was slipping through, uh, uh like an e comic, and there's one. Uh, oh, okay. That, that is a doctor. That's right. I didn't... She doesn't understand why she's being referred to as night nurse. Nice. Okay. Because I think I don't. I don't know like what the the sort of the the tradition of it is. Yeah. Um, but that kind of thing. But yeah, even just Luke Cage coming back and just being like, uh, he's he's talking about how he put that on and how stupid he looked. Mm-hmm. You know. And so Marvel's like they're poking fun at it and they're doing it with aplomb. They're doing it in a way that's believable and mm-hmm. relatable, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know Fox, who all the way through, like with the first X Men, just like didn't even mention it or like mm-hmm. or when they did, like it was just it felt ham fisted. It felt shitty where it was just oh god, I keep saying ham fisted, like every episode that I'm on. But um, but no, like when like Wolverine's like, what would you prefer, wearing bright yellow or yellow spandex or whatever? Or when they did the uh, the the mall scene in um, uh, Apocalypse, yeah, you know. And it was just, uh, the, I don't know, it was just all the self-referential shit was just, it just felt lame and forced and shoehorned in, whereas Marvel's done it in a way that seems to be, it has respect for the source material. Yeah. You know, it's like they're growing, they're not, they're not like they're not denying their past. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all. It's interesting. I wouldn't mind, since we're kind of at a lull in the conversation, taking a quick break. Sure. 
then uh, come back. I'd like to get into a, a favorite and least favorite scene similar to what we did on mm-hmm. uh, the um, Captain America panel that you were on. Yeah, and we did that on Suicide Squad on, as well. Okay, we do it a lot, but I'm I want to do it. both. I want to yeah. do least favorite and favorite in any case. And uh, and then I wanted to go through some of the other bullshit that I wrote down because mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, after I did get excited about this, uh, w- you know, Nick, who's not here, I'd like to represent him mm-hmm. at the best that I can because we started talking about a ton of shit. And, uh, and you know, I don't want him to be texting me on Monday morning, like, what the f- or on Wednesday yeah. morning, like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? So uh, that's my Nick impression. Uh, that's so pretty much what he sounds like, yeah. <laughs> we're going to come back and uh, do some favorite scenes, least favorite scenes, and uh, a bunch of bullshit. Cool. All right, so however you're taking part in the show, please remember to reach out to us. Tell us what you think at Mermel Podcast on Twitter, at MRML Podcast, and uh, email us at show at moviesroommylife.com. Let's keep this conversation going. Also, next week, we will be talking about the 1994 cult classic, The Crow. We hope that you'll join us then. Am I the only one that doesn't really care that much about the cinematic universe yes <laughs> like i i appreciate the fact that they're connecting these movies in a way that they can cross over without problems mm-hmm. but i think there's so many great stories in any one of these um well, these I, superhero but, but that's all the marquee story stories are that, crossovers like all the stuff that i legitimately know dr strange from Doctor Strange, yeah. And well, you... like even T'Challa, like I talked about in the Civil War episode that like I did not read Black Panther as a kid because I was like, oh, this is fucking shitty Batman. Yeah. And then I realized, of course, much later that, you know, this is not fucking Batman at all. Like yeah. Moon Knight is your shit Batman. I kind of like Moon Knight. I do too. <laughs> but... and you could say that about so many of the... the... <clears throat> Sort of well, the, I mean, the characters that really do, yeah, only only get their stories fully realized in in like a crossover story. Well, that was the thing. My friend that I went to see this with, she has seen like four of the Marvel movies, right? So the conversation we had afterwards, um, you know, she was just like, "I'm glad that I could enjoy this on its own." Like she yeah. wasn't chuckling and wowing and and gasping at the parts I was because she didn't get the Easter eggs. Well, yeah. Whereas that's... whereas like, but she still really enjoyed it. Like she still had a lot of fun and she was just like, I like that when it is sort of self contained to a degree. And um, that's what I'm saying though, right? <clears throat> that's what but, I'm saying is is the fact that this is leading up to the Infinity Wars or yeah, whatever. It, yeah, it's I don't really care. The stories, and, yeah. and and it's we have so much separate lead up. Well, and that's that's to this one mm. that that it's just it's it's getting frustrating to me. Well, no, and you're I didn't right. like I didn't like Civil War because mm. I thought that was I I don't know it was just it it, it um I, I don't know maybe it just wasn't that just well I mean it's just the kind of thing where it's like I movie, but I didn't I agree I, with you that they've handcuffed themselves right but at the yeah. same time um, once they sort of get this current cycle out of the way. Once the Infinity War happens, do we start to get like, you know, one-offs? Do we start to get like a Doctor Strange story? You know, do we get like a Black Panther story? And it's not so intertwined, you know, like once they, once they, once they hit the big, you know, world changing event, will they be able to come back and, um, 
be like, okay, we've done that. Now we can focus on the individual characters and stories, like you said. You I know, think like- why they're stressing it, though, because the problem for me has always been as they're developing the, especially in the early stages of the MCU, before you really solidified the MCU, they were killing off a ton of villains. Mm. And so now a lot of the key storylines involve crossover villains more than anything else and you wonder well everybody loves hiddleston yeah <laughs> that um well yeah and that's the thing it's like eh, now at least they're getting they're getting uh all the barons in on the fun they had baron mm. strucker they had uh um obviously um the zemo baron zemo they had uh and now they also have uh, Baron Mordo mm. that they can play with and, and who plays a prominent role. They don't have Doctor Doom, so they're kind of like... Which uh, sucks, because that would be great. Yeah, it, I want to see Doctor Doom their hands right. behind their back uh, right now. And, um, you know, the same thing can be said with Magneto not being in there. So mm. there's a lot of key villains that they don't even have access to because of rights problems. So... Mm. Um, you know, now that they have access to some of the Spider-Man villains, we can get some interesting stuff, maybe. But well, even I mean, at that well, they. I wonder if they will get some of the X-Men stuff because you know, like the uh, uh, the Legion agreement, right? Yeah, um, Marvel's got a hand in that, right? Mm-hmm. So there, it's a Fox show. It's an it's a mutant show, but Marvel's involved in it. So mm-hmm. are they building towards a a, uh, a Sony esque okay. yeah. agreement? No, maybe, but. Uh... Which might also explain the the rebranding of Marvel Studios versus just the same Marvel lead up that yeah. happens before. How about the new? Yeah, how about the new Marvel splash screen at the beginning of this one? Didn't like it. No, I missed Didn't the, like old the one. song. It just it was even more gaudy than yes, before. Gaudy is the word. Um, and uh, it just it felt like I don't know. It felt like the movie hadn't even started, and I was taking part in a fireworks show. And that being said, let's get into some of our favorite and least favorite moments, gentlemen. If that would be all right, mm. who wants to kick us off? Let's do least favorite first. We'll end on on a positive note. So let's do a round of least favorites, and we'll gotta, go right. I got to think about this again. I can go right off the jump if you guys care to. Sure. We talked a little bit before offhand uh, off air about. Um, the aesthetic of Dormammu. Mm. Um, why can't he just be a flaming dude? Like, is there something wrong? Do people are are, are like casual fans going to be like, oh, what's Ghost Rider doing in this or something? Like, I don't understand why the change. I understand that that, that I've read rather. I didn't I didn't see it in I didn't recognize it in the film. But obviously, it, apparently, the aesthetic of Dormammu in the film is a little bit of an homage to. Uh, the the Ditko original style of just the lines on his the face, vertical stripes, yeah. yeah. And I understand that, and I, you know, um, I don't know. I, 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 I like the the idea in theory, but the execution was uh, a little bit strange. Of course, having Benedict Cumberbatch face off against Benedict Cumberbatch is yeah. also a little bit Smog. interesting because he's obviously. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he did the motion capture and the voice, and the voice work yeah. for for Jamamu. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Like uh, to that point, um, is this another Galactus situation? Mm. You know, it's a cloud uh, and and that kind of thing. Because when they when when the Ancient One first introduced sort of like the multiverse and all the different worlds to uh, Doctor Strange, um, 
they were talking about, like, she was talking about these different realms and one of them was, it's like, well, I forget the line, but she's like, like some of them are full of evil and mm-hmm. hunger and it shows a planet being destroyed. And I'm like, yeah. was that a, a Galactus shout out? Yeah. You know, the best they could do without the rights and that, and that kind of thing. But well, also maybe, they were maybe. setting up for Dormammu and is Dormammu sort of taking that place? Is that why he was this big, huge thing? Yeah. Physically, because I mean. even Galactus wasn't, uh, he was also a dude. Yep. You know, yep. and that's another thing too. If we're gonna do secret wars, how the, which I hope we are, like down the mm. road, like I hope that's the big kind of crescendo for the next. Uh, I was thinking maybe House phase. of M, just because they got Scarlet Witch, right? Yeah, but yeah, you could do House of M, but the, why else would they get her, kill Quicksilver, and keep her? Like, why go through all that? Mm. You know, she's if if uh, if they're not going to incorporate parts of that story into Infinity War, um, or something unless like their that. intent is to kill off Vision, in which case it's just an emotional crux, right, for the story. I don't know, but uh, which you know, whatever, we'll find out when we get there. But if mm. we're going to do Secret Wars, how do you do Secret Wars without um, Galactus, right? Mm-hmm. And then you you think, okay, so maybe that. We're all kind of tying into the Beyonder or something like that. Who knows, right? There's there's many ways to interpret what you saw there, but uh, if you care to, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I see I see your point. It it's strange if they're gonna go with Dormammu in place of Galactus. I guess what you're saying totally makes sense. Just a um, thought. Like yeah. I, I didn't really buy into it and be like, it's not overt. It's not like, oh my god, that's what they're doing. It was mm-hmm. just there were there were these similarities in a lot of scenes in that movie where I was just like, are they going there? I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I also I found when I watched the film in the two D version, I'm I'm cheating and I'm giving you two. So Dormammu wasn't a great like the the big showdown. I understand what they were doing with it. They wanted to utilize the power of. Um, the time stone essentially uh, and I understand all of that that's great um, but it just it, I don't know it just never felt like a threat it just felt like Strange had this on lock he's got his plan he's good uh, and so that between the aesthetic uh, especially when they had done such great work up to that point it just felt like they had fallen short there um, but the other scene that I wanted to mention was that when I watched it in 2D the first time, I didn't have the problem the second time, and it's I don't know if it's because uh, I, w- I was aware of what was going to play out or, or what, but I didn't enjoy the pacing right up until... He, and, and the musical cues fucking bothered me, I remember as well. Um, right up to the point where, the, where he gets in the car crash. Mm-hmm. Everything that preceded that, it seemed as though it was... Uh, very push-pull. Uh, but that didn't happen for me the second time, so I, I was curious if that, mm. if either of you guys felt that, you know, only seeing the film once, if you felt as though the the um, it was a little bit jarring at times and then a little bit too relaxed at other times for that first 10, 15 minutes of the flick. I, I, I didn't, it, like, again, it didn't take me out of it, it didn't bother me, but I, I see what you mean there, like this, in terms of pacing, in terms of the character building, I don't know, that's all it was for me, was just the character building. Just establish this, go rapid fire, without being too rapid fire. Um, but, no, I mean, I, I didn't... Like, the only change of tone that I noticed was the change of tone that I think they were going for of... The argument? Yeah. The apartment? Pretty much, right? Yeah. Which is great. And, and it was fine. It, 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 was, it was a cliche moment, but it was well done. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was it was a standard Hollywood trope. It's a great way to move the plot along and and the character development, and all that. But yeah, nothing. I don't know. 
nothing, nothing ruined it for me. I, again, like I was, I was along for the ride, you know? Mm-hmm. So Throughout. Brent, what's your worst scene? My worst scene, I think is, I, I think it's more like uh, it's it's representation of of sort of the a, a common symptom we saw throughout was the uh, the Everest scene. Um, okay. Okay. Where you know it was a good scene, it was effective, but again, it was just so, so that's convenient. Is not- yeah. When when she pulls him there and she says Everest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I must have you know fallen yeah. asleep or <laughs> still been on the acid trip from there earlier in the film. But uh, no, all it was the only thing like the part that stood out to me with that was, you know, we're doing character development here We're we've already established the guy's a brilliant person, you know, like he's, he's got that, he's on that spectrum of just like, he's a, he's a quick learner. He's a lateral thinker. He's, he's that kind of stuff. And, you know, I appreciate it. Well done. That's what you need to do. Um, but they hadn't really addressed the, like the, the, the spiritual surrender. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, you understand this stuff. You know how to, how to, you know, learn, you're clearly a, a quick study and all these kind of things. But then um, all of a sudden it's like, okay, trial by fire, we're going to throw you in. You've got 30 seconds till you die, make a portal. Mm-hmm. And he does. And then like that's sort of the submission, you know, that's sort of like, okay, I believe and I can do this and it's not about my hands and this kind of stuff. And there was a lot of buildup to it, but it just felt so convenient, you know? It would have been funny if they were waiting there for like five minutes and like, oh, fuck, I forgot <laughs> to give him a sling ring. but i mean but that's all it was where it was just like i i again uh, it it was a it was a standard trope it was effective it worked but i was just kind of like man you guys know that necklace in the library could you just go get me that (laughs) that was one thing i did like about that though when when especially towards the end you really notice it uh with the hong kong uh uh, sanctorum when he's bringing time back you'll notice when he's moving his hand he's moving it in a counterclockwise motion yeah time is going backwards yeah it's like a nice touch yeah but but no that was the thing it's just it just like i said at the beginning it moved at a very fast clip and it was okay and it worked and it didn't take me out of it but just a little more character development a little more exposition um a little more like i was saying on the break when we weren't recording was just a little more uh, explanation of the pseudoscience in a way that I can more easily suspend my disbelief, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, it, it, I don't think there were any bad scenes in the movie, you know, like least favorite is relative for me. And that was just one where I'm like, it felt a little cheap. Yeah. You know, that's fair. Devin. I don't know what could have been done to improve it. Um, but I mean, I thought the whole like first, um, I don't know what, like half an hour of, mm. of Dr. Strange's, uh, actual story, like, you know, taking aside the, the intro with like the fight mm-hmm. scene or whatever. But his training. Yeah. No, sort the, of. the actual, like, you know, him as a doctor, Oh, it was just trope after trope after trope. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even. Him as the doctor was the trope part or after that? Yeah. All, all of the periods where he was a doctor. Okay. The first half an hour. Fuck. Yeah. That's It's not, just not... like here's the the doctor that doesn't give a shit about anything yet he's a neurosurgeon and he doesn't fucking look at relationships and stuff that shows a bullet in the guy's fucking brain Mm -hmm. like here's the the good looking er doctor oh of course they had a relationship before clearly Mm -hmm. that's (laughs) obviously Mm -hmm. that has to be uh you know he he gets in the fucking Lamborghini and it's like it's like the first time he's ever driven a fucking fast car. He fucking cuts somebody off yeah. and, and fucking dings the the yeah. back right corner. Like you, I, I don't mean, know. It's just it, it was it was 
like I saw the rain starts coming down and he turns on the wipers and it's just like, okay, now is when it's going to happen. I don't even have to process this. Yeah. You know, it it was, it it felt so lazy, but but again, I don't know what, what you do to fix that. It's, it's like. I I I don't know. Just extended I, establishing shots. That wasn't the point of the movie, so I think that's why they sort of glossed over it, right? Yeah, like but, that's the only but, way I can justify it. But it took up a lot of time yes, for it being did. that, you know? And and that was a big problem for well, me. Well, that was the thing. Like the way they dealt with Spider-Man's origin story in Civil War was what? Like 10, 15 minutes of just like, okay, this went down. We know what's up. We don't need to dwell on this because we've had yeah, like but five Spider-Man of them. But that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. But and so to sort of to you know, step back to regress to, okay, here's the long extended origin story again. Like I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not shitting on it. It's just one of those ones where like, yeah, Devin, I know exactly what you mean. It felt like the exact same beats of, of Iron Man. I didn't completely agree. Like when you said earlier and when I've read it a lot this week that, that the film is, is, you know, kind of set up like Iron Man, but there are some reminiscent moments and that certainly is very reminiscent of the, uh, the, when they're hanging out in the, uh, in the Hummer or whatever, yeah. and 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 the uh, the missiles start coming yeah. in. It's the same kind of feel to it, where it's just uh, their own arrogance are getting the best of them. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, it's I about feel, goatees I, in the Marvel universe. You got a goatee, like you're just a fucking Iron douchebag. Man was that on six? This movie was yeah, that was on ten? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was just like yeah. Even the musical cues were a little bit more overt, and and I didn't. Uh, I know I've said that like two or three times, and there wasn't much in the way of justification, but, you know, I don't want to get into it because I just feel like it's going to be a 10-minute fucking rant that nobody needs. And that's the thing. We're not accomplishing anything with that. It's more so it's like, yeah, it is what it is, and did we still enjoy it as a whole? Eh, sure. I know I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my major frustration with something like that, though, is that is that I f- I feel watching this movie like it was, you know, again, like I said before, like just kind of setting up a character that you are going to bring into a crossover. Mm, yeah, and, I see what you mean. And the next and so fucking movie, literally. Now, yeah. now I feel like I've wasted like, you know, a good half an hour, 40 minutes that I didn't even really, because yeah. I didn't need a whole, this whole movie. You could just have you know? Dr. Strange show up. Just, just to have him show up in another movie. I, you know, that, that (laughs) the granted the rest of the movie I thought was okay. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't think it got that bad from that point, but that was a pretty fucking hard. Well, as someone, as someone who watches, but I mean, Devin, as someone who watches a lot of movies, I'm just going to let Brandon just get that out. But no, but I mean, as somebody who watches a lot of movies, Devin, like you're, (laughs) uh, you good? You good? Uh, so your your least favorite scene was the whole was beginning just of the movie. The, the entire first half an hour, forty minutes. All right. Um, the the cavalcade of the cavalcade of tropes. All right. So let's do favorite scenes now. Before I fucking like, I'm crying here from laughing so hard. So far. All right. Um, my favorite scene before anybody else takes it. Got to do the. Um, Fuck, it's a tie for me, and I already cheated, so I don't want to. Che- now, go. For I don't want to do it, man. Do, do it, it, man. Can I do it? Because yeah, everybody it. else usually does, and I try and. <laughs> I've done not. it to you before, so go for it. Okay, uh, two two scenes. I uh, first one is obviously the uh, the first um, astral projection tripping fucking balls scene uh, that uh, was cool 
in 2D, but was like fucking wicked in 3D. Just tons of color. Uh, you know, um, I felt as though that scene on its own um, was so tasteful that it could have been in a completely different genre of film and mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and, and set. Sure. You know set in nicely i i didn't think it had to it wasn't something that was comic booky it, it it heightened it a little bit in terms of um the artistic um mindset that that you had to go with for a film like dr strange you had to be willing uh to take a chance on something like that so i was happy that at least for that one moment they did i wasn't so happy obviously i mentioned my least favorite Stormamu, but um but yeah I, you know i I was very, very happy, very, very happy with that scene. The other one, of course, um, is the um, Stan Lee. Um, <laughs> yeah, what was the cameo? book he was reading? I missed uh, it. Doors of Perception, Aldous Huxley. Gotcha. I totally missed it. Which, like, I saw him and I was like, "Holy shit!" Which is okay. It's gone. Yeah. So presumably, Stan Lee is going to go home and trip balls on mescaline, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and basically relive Doctor Strange. Uh, <laughs> so I'm down. <clears throat> yeah, very cool. And I like them being in in the uh, in the mirror world and like smashing off the bus or the mirror mm-hmm. realm and smashing mm-hmm. off the bus and everything. It was. It was clever. It, it it felt. It didn't feel shoehorned in uh, as it much. It, it didn't feel like an Inception ripoff, which it very well could have. Oh yeah, that was another thing too. I was very happy because I was one of the people that was like, "Oh, this is going to be Inception <laughs> with magic. Like this right. is going to be wicked." And I was actually really glad that it wasn't just that. Mm-hmm. That it 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 the the um the bending of the world served a purpose mm-hmm. and also. You know, wasn't fucking with everybody in the world, but it wasn't something. It wasn't dreamscapes or any of the shit. It was, um, you know, it was essentially them having a safe form of combat, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, no, for sure. And um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like take over and say my favorite scene just because it is one of the same scenes mm. but for a different reason okay um it is that sort of that first astral projection thing where mm-hmm. you know like the teach me scene and that kind of mm-hmm. thing because like we saw a lot of that in the trailers and you're right it could have been really hokey mm-hmm. it could have been really derivative and it wasn't and you're right i really like what you said that it sort of like elevated the movie into something else into something better mm-hmm. even if it was just for that moment um the reason i liked it was because of uh, just the way they, it's weird because it's everything we've been complaining about, but they did it so well, like the tropes, mm-hmm. you know, when Dr. Strange um, confuses the ancient one for mm-hmm. the, uh, what was his name again? Anyway, the uh, old guy. Hamir. Hamir, thank you. And uh, like that whole confusion scene. And then, but what, what really got me was, yes, the effects were tasteful. It was its own thing. There was the trope of the old guy and, and all that kind of stuff. And that was sort of them poking fun at the changes they made and mm-hmm. so on. But it was the tea. Yeah. You know, it's like, good tea. Yeah. Yeah. Have some tea. Okay, cool. What was in that tea? Yeah. You know, it was a really good sort of like crescendo running gag in that contained scene. It was just that thing where it was just like that was what this movie needed to do, so that it wasn't and just right at that fucking point. So people yeah. that felt the way that Devin did exactly walking right? out of the fucking theater. And so that thing that I think like let's say that was a pretty like masterful transition, right? <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, that's what really brought me in, and uh, oh, I'm glad we're not filming this one. Oh man. But yeah, no, it was I think the T really <laughs> tied it together. Devin, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene 
I think would probably be the the New York mansion fight. I yeah. liked the thing with the window with the oh that was cool changing, yeah 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 and he traps the guy in the desert yeah I thought there should have been more to do with that that window thing yeah in 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 it like I would have liked to have seen and I like that he took his sling um, or her sling ring first to make sure she couldn't get back but then she didn't do that with uh, uh, Diet Coke Ray Park I can't think of it. Scott Adkins. I think it would have been really great if somebody got like their arm partway through the window and then he changed it and the arm falls off. And yeah. He's just well, like, Ugh. Speaking of arms, I thought that was going to happen, dude, because every fucking movie they pull an empire, right? Like, that's the thing. That's the Marvel thing. Every movie, somebody loses an arm, right? Really? Yeah. And nobody loses. I thought that's exactly like when we got to that scene, I honestly thought someone was going to fucking lose an arm in that thing. I literally was sitting in the theater and and was waiting for it and never fucking happened so maybe they were trying to be not cliche but that's bullshit <laughs> it's the one trope in the cavalcade of tropes that they avoided <laughs> that i would have appreciated <laughs> but yeah i don't know that whole fight was kind of cool um oh, yeah. he you know the cape that that cage that just like perfectly like sticks somebody. Oh, and like in the in the cape helps him yeah. find it and everything. He's going yeah. for the axe. Yeah, it was telling. That was a good scene. Yeah, the the axe is funny because like, uh, do you think that the cape is telling him like, I hate those comics where you had an axe? <laughs> you know? Oh fuck! I forgot. <laughs> like, just forget about the mid nineties. Doctor Strange had an axe. Yeah, in a run, uh, I want to say ninety ninety five ish. I'm not mistaken. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty ball- fucking, fucking axe. ballsy axe, man. Yeah. <laughs> Pro Styles axe. I yeah, can't no, think of the name, I but it had some stupid I fucking totally, name like everything else does. Totally didn't catch that. That's actually makes that scene even better for me now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, you 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 don't want to go down this road. Fans mm-hmm. are not going to like this shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was just one thing. Just on a, a quick aside about that scene, because I've been I never watched season three of Hannibal. And yeah. so I've been watching that with like with Matt's in it and everything. And um, there's one scene in season three where him and uh, Lawrence Fishburne are sh- like literally throwing each other through glass display cases of relics. Yeah. And it's very, very similar to that fight scene. Yeah. But with less magic because it's Hannibal. But yeah, it was just really weird because I just watched it like a few weeks ago and then saw that Don't scene. Don't they fight all the way through season two as well? This is fucking confusing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is one when they're in Europe and whatever. Anyway, let's not get into that. I just thought it was a really weird thing because like the glass display cases are almost identical and it's all like ancient like armor and stuff and they're throwing each other through these and it just happened again. And I was like, that's just weird. I don't think that was on purpose, but Mm -hmm. anyway. I like it. I like the nods as always to various comics uh, Mm. in it. Uh, Obviously, uh, um, the Shambhala thing, uh, there's there's literally um, like you know shot for shot kind of uh panels taken out of the oath and taken out of um i fucking probably i can't think of the name of the comic because i don't actually care that much about dr strange i'm not gonna lie to you but the one that we were talking about earlier where dormammu strikes up a deal with strange because mm, yeah. he's getting beaten up by the whatever you said the name off air Devin, but now i can't think of it so fuck yeah whatever yeah no who cares um Quickly, before we wrap up, a few other things that I wanted to get to, and I mentioned it before, um, that I was going to throw some shit at you real quick. So, um, obviously, we talked about the Ancient One 
uh, and the sex and race change. What do you think about the race change of Mordo? Because obviously, well, he could still be German, I guess, but being German at, at the age that he's at would kind of put him back into a little bit of a questionable time in Germany. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you, do you think that we're gonna we're gonna have a different? Uh, obviously, I guess. I guess technically Marvel's kind of already rewritten his his lore in the comics a tad mm. bit, um, but it's interesting. No, their choices. Obviously, having I'll put Chiotel in fucking anything. Like you know, mm-hmm. I'll take. Oh, yeah. it. He's had a great couple of years too, oh, man. Yeah. Holy fuck, dude! Just go to that guy's IMDb <laughs> and pick any movie and watch it. Even the American remake of uh, The Secrets in Their Eyes, like that could have been fucking terrible, and. Uh, and Julia Roberts was okay in it, you know, not like my favorite performance of hers, although, you know, uh, interesting how they chose to make the adaptations to the uh, American uh, legal system, and as such, the, the, the motivational changes a little bit. Um, but he carries that fucking film on his back, and he's great, you know, this this uh, great energy. And he does it a lot, so I wanted to mention that. Great, but yeah, a little bit... No one's no one's up in arms about the Germans not getting uh, the roles in the Hollywood films. I just it's I don't know. I again like personally like any of the changes. I don't. Nothing's gonna ruin it for me. You know, if they had made Iron Man, you know, today for the first time, and it was a young black prodigy. Mm-hmm. female like in the comics yep. i'd be like awesome i'm in let's see what happens yep. i have faith you know so i mean like that's not one that bothered me and the ancient one i mean it's not just an academic conversation but it's also one where i'm like let's see what they do with it and i'm, I'm not upset with what they did with it and we, again Mordo worked for me in this one and i felt like this was not so much the doctor strange establishing movie as it was the Mordo establishing movie you know? Yeah, and I got that impression too. To go back to what you were saying before, Devin, uh, and what you know that that the crossovers are getting a little bit um, frustrating. I feel as though it's all leading up to, to uh, making more villains that are uh, um, like big baddies who are powerful. Like, yeah. You know, more uh, available to the other heroes now they've kind of they've kind of chopped away at a lot of their big ones like obadiah staying can't come back yeah presumably justin hammer is coming back sooner or later you got to think and probably red school too but they're or, you know justin hammer's in prison red school's technically perceived dead so you're kind of fucked right now um yeah i don't know what else have i got here uh well like just while you're reading one thing really quickly um I wonder if this, like this has already done well and if this continues to do well and this does actually kick off the Marvel magic universe in a way that it becomes popular and, and, and right up there with everything else that's been doing so well is DC going to try to bring back Constantine. Cause really man, like I missed yeah. that show. Another, that was a good show. Yeah. <laughs> and also another, uh, the, the, um, Keanu film, another yeah. Tilda Swinton comic book film performance. Really? And there's another film that she fucking carries, man. Huh. Cause she's, uh, I haven't Gabriel. seen that since it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah. And she's fantastic as Gabriel. Also another perceived male role that she took on. Mm-hmm. Ironic, both in the DC universe and in the Marvel <laughs> universe playing roles that are on paper yeah. male. I guess just what it comes down to with that, with that conversation is that so far, 
you know, from my privileged perspective, none of it has been shit. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, keep doing what you do and keep getting better at it. You know, take the criticism and, and, and address it uh, responsibly and let's see where you end up because there's still a lot to go. You know, and there's been so many changes in the comics recently that like, you know, let's see what happens. Let's see if we get like, you know, a Spider-Gwen or a Gwenpool. You know, yep. let's see if we get, you know, uh, the Falcon becoming Captain America. You know, like there, there's a lot of potential to sort of explore those storylines and really talk about representation in terms of casting in a way that's productive and in line and, and interesting you know, so I mean, like the Mordo thing doesn't bug me. The ancient one thing is a little more of an overt conversation or a more like present conversation, but yeah, you know, cool, man. One thing, uh, it seems as though there's an equal amount of people excited about Strange's appearance in Ragnarok as there is people that are frustrated. And something that, that Nick and I were talking about that I wanted to mention was the fact that one uh, that presu- presumably you know the hulk's role in ragnarok is going to somewhat you know be a little bit of a taste of planet hulk per se that's what i've heard kind of maybe maybe sort of <laughs> and uh and obviously doctor strange's role in the illuminati is a big part of that how planet hulk kind of comes to fruition so that's you know, I I don't feel like that's forced. I feel like the timing of this film on so many uh, levels is perfect. The reemergence of Thunderbolt Ross, mm-hmm. the um, uh, obviously Hulk being absent from Civil War, uh, the Ragnarok storyline coming into play. Uh, obviously, we we find out that that Odin is presumably on Earth. So yeah, you know now it's extraterrestrial magic and earth magic playing um you know facing off to some extent we don't know to what extent but that's interesting so i just feel as though regardless of of when this was done they needed it done they needed it done to to uh to connect the dots and yeah. and it's to go back to what you said devin i just i don't have as strong or i'm not as as uh you know upset about this film feeling like a throwaway like to me as much as i like civil war civil war seemed like more of a throwaway to me at times than this one did this one did feel a little bit more um this one felt like fan service this one was like well we got to bring dr strange in so let's anyone who does really like dr strange even though he you know he's he's one of the lesser known uh, in a lot of these groups, so like when you're talking about the Illuminati, you're talking about like the um, the Avengers or um, like the New Avengers. When you're talking uh, about the Defenders and this sort of shit, like he's he's important to those factions, but it you know he's never really like his first appearance in comics was was a split with the Human Torch, right? For long or. So it's yeah. In any case, he appeared in Strange Tales, and 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 went from there, and then only got his own title in the seventies, right? So like late seventies, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it's just I just feel as though everything lines up so well that they said we got to bring him in, and if we do another Spider-Man or we do another Black Panther introduction where it's like 
five minutes in a movie and then we got to readdress their backstory if those characters catch fire which obviously you know that spider-man is i'm really impressed with how uh the world is taken to t'challa because like i said frankly i i didn't for a very long time as a child um so you know i think it's really cool how people grab have gravitated towards the character so far because there's a lot a lot there um but uh, and like Everett Ross is a really cool character, and there's lots of great stuff in those books. Um, but yeah, I just this this movie is kind of a little bit geekdom ish. Uh, to like, I, I don't know. I I feel like it could have just been done with like a Marvel one shot or one take or whatever. You know, the whole thing. Um, but they needed a November movie, and it worked its way into the slate. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just. The timing is such... It seems like the timing is the thing. Getting it in for this phase, for these points, that's the thing, you know? And 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 I, I worry that some sacrifices may have been made along the way as a result, like that third act that we all kind of are kind of happy about and kind of sad about. Yeah. So, one thing I wanted to mention... Um, Actually, you know what? Um, before we wrap up, we haven't done favorite characters in a while, and I wouldn't mind wrapping up on that note because there was a lot of great performances. I joked around about uh, Caecilius being kind of a shit villain, which, frankly, to be honest, to pick that fucking name randomly out of comic book, it, it, it's it's kind of bullshit. But I'd like to wrap up on a uh, on a high note, and I think there was hell of a lot of strong performances to pick from uh so if we could close out the show with our favorite character of the film who wants to kick us off yeah sure i'll kick us off i i thought tilda did a great job she's great i thought she was was, um literally (laughs) he was excellent um and I don't, I don't know, just somehow really able to, um, um, to make like make it seem like like something is amiss, despite nothing really overtly being amiss. I don't know. I kind of got that vibe without it really having to be completely telegraphed. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I th- I think she just she did a great job. Right on, yeah. Sir Brent. My my favorite is uh, you know, it was Doctor Strange, man. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch did a great job. I thought he channeled um, Hugh Laurie's house incredibly well. You know, <laughs> like literally, like during the mid credit scene when he was off screen, you just heard his voice while he's talking to Thor. I was like, that sounds like Hugh Laurie doing an American accent. And um, but no, I really thought he nailed it. I thought he was good all the way through. I I thought you know as much as they were following tried and true character arcs in in terms of just like redemption stories and that kind of stuff he just he did it well you know it was it was i thought it was a strong performance i thought he embodied the character i thought he looked good as it um and you know like he was able to do all the stupid hand motions and make them not look stupid i mean i just thought it was really really well realized and Mm -hmm. i'm not sure who else would have pulled it off Mm -hmm. you know i respect that as much as i'd love to go with mads he basically was fucking playing mordo you know, for all intents and purposes, like, uh, we didn't talk about the, the book that kicked us all off, but it is the, 
I just looked it up. It's the Book of Cagliostro, which is the fucking mm-hmm. book that Mordo uses to travel through time and shit, right? So, like, again, he's he's just fucking Mordo. Yeah. So I'd love it to be him because I love the fucking guy. And I thought even with all that, his his motivation was brilliant. And it allowed – it gave him enough as a brilliant actor to fucking run with it. We had a similar complaint with um, with Le Chiffre in, in – mm-hmm. um, Casino Royale, where it's like, if you had had anybody but an actor of that caliber, you would have been proper fucked (laughs) in that movie. Um, Because he was able to suck enough motivation out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But with that all said, like, I can't can't give it to him, and I can't say that it's Chuitzal either, as much as I fucking love that guy and and the calming presence and everything. Um, Because I, I... I just I would have liked to have seen a little more edge to him as a guy that's hardened by yeah the life that he had. Whether you're going to follow a similar backstory to that of the comics, or whether you're going to go in a different direction, which presumably they will. Um, it, it he just uh, they kept talking about his bite and uh, his his um, lack of you know ability to bend or these sorts of things uh, but but his strength and i saw the strength but i didn't see that kind of um gnarliness that gaminess that i really really was looking for in in mordo on screen i thought it could have been one of the the highlights of the film and he still was with his energy but it just it you didn't get to see what you wanted out of the character like you said brent until that last um next one the we'll last see. fucking the, the after the credits rolled for fuck's sakes you yeah. know and even that scene didn't really make a hell of a lot of no, sense no it's just like he's stealing his magic and you're yeah. just like it, it all just and felt very did we convenient. say off air like what did benjamin brad ever do to you yeah like you know oh, he's great on law and order like what the, <laughs> you know but uh <laughs> no I, I know what you mean so what then who who is your favorite then if not yeah those like, two it, it, just with say, those just guys say, out uh, you know, I, I I'm at a fucking loss. What are you talking about, like, Benedict Wong? Man, there you go. <laughs> well, I was thinking Benedict Wong, yeah. but again, like, I don't know. Well, uh, one of the arguments I've heard, um, just in different conversations, is the the misuse or underuse of uh, uh, Rachel McAdams, where it's like yeah, she was really good. She only, was an equal talent and everything. Yeah, but they really only called her when they needed her. Well, I just didn't yeah. think she was important enough to his story either. So I guess. What was that? Was I've, that? Got, I've got to be. I got to go with you and and double back to to Cumberbatch, um, because he it's his film, it's undeniably his film. I think if I'm to go by my say ten favorite moments in the film, he's in nine of them. Yeah, you know, uh, it's his journey. It's very. It's singularly his film, and. Um, he he hits every every mark despite the film being somewhat cookie cutter as you've already said yep. devin and yep. and and uh and he makes it his own he threw his whole spirit into the into the film and i can respect that even if i'm not 100% happy with the choices or this or that or the film overall um he still turned in one hell of a performance i think everyone did i really do um so yeah i got to go cumberbatch yeah so 
that's that. I wanted to mention a few things before we wrap up as I was looking at my notes. You know that scene, uh, the fight scene that you already talked about? Uh, who who liked that scene? Who said that it was their favorite scene? Devin? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the uh, the uh, New York Sanctorum, you know when uh, when uh, Stephen Strange pulls or picks up that cauldron? Oh, yeah, you don't know how to use you that, You don't know how to you? use that, yeah. do you? The reason that Mads is a little bit, uh, or Kaecilius, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is fucking uh, a little bit um, antsy about that, is that that is the uh, brazier of Bomb Goliath. And what that does, because I looked at, I had to look it up on the interweb. I meant to, I haven't gotten yeah. around to it. Um, is it. Is it allows for inter-realm travel. So if he had essentially poured it on this cat he could have like sent him into some other fucking <coughs> realm which would have been badass but you know also he didn't know how it works so he just put it down that was a good scene actually i like that yeah i was pretty that's sweet. up there with the tea for me actually that was a good little mm. like non sequitur deadpan like mm. you don't know how to use that tea. oh yet. you know i got a new favorite new favorite actor i forgot to mention this my new favorite actor is uh the stick ben collins is the stunt driver in this <laughs> film. So. No idea. Yeah. But I, the stick turns in a, a sweet, great performance. Sweet. As the stunt driver for. Nerd. For Stephen Strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that online. I'm like, the Ben Collins? <laughs> is that you? <laughs> so that's sweet. One of the, the original stick, I think he was. He was, was he's the one that came out and spoke against it or everything. Yeah, and then and then they and, had yeah. him when they uh when they did the uh the show with uh without him. Yeah. Let's you know, let's call him the Stog or whatever. <laughs> and then uh James May's like, "Why don't we call him the Ben Collins? Why would we do that? Because it's his name." Oh uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I think that's pretty much it for for my bullshit uh, weirdness. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we wrap it up? I'm, I was happy with it. I, I you know, it's, it's one of those ones where, you know, going back to Devin's point before about like, was this a waste of time? And you know, Brandon, your counter argument that no, it's a setup thing, and it was just the right time for it. Um, was the idea that, you know, Marvel still has yet to make a objectively bad movie and this sort of keeps that train going. And um, for me, it was one of those ones where it's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of nitpicking, you know, we're kind of like, well, I didn't like this. I didn't like this, but you know, did anybody walk out of the theater uh, shaking their head and just being like, what the fuck was that? You know, I, I haven't heard that from anyone yet, you know? Uh, so, I mean, that's the thing. I just think that's a, a it, it's a positive note. You know, I really don't have anything bad to say about this movie. I was glad I spent my 15 bucks or whatever it was. Yeah. You yeah. know, it was totally good. Yeah, me too. Um, you were talking, Devin, before uh, we ever started uh, doing, or even talking about this episode. You were telling me completely or uh, not related to this, how you had gotten into a... Uh, some wiki for some crazy game that just has pages and pages of information on it. Um, and just Warhammer how... 40K. Sorry? Warhammer 40K. Yeah, Warhammer 40K. That's what it you is. sure it wasn't Marvel Puzzle Quest? <laughs> <laughs> and and just how you never played the game, but you, you love how just ridiculously detailed 
the game's creators and so forth have gone into everything. And the more that we talk about this film, the more I talk about this film with people, like talking with Nick earlier in the week or uh, talking with yourself earlier in the week, um, I find myself having a similar feeling where I'm I'm finding more joy out of talking about the potential that, say, for example, a character like Doctor Strange uh, brings to, or having the the Sanctum Sanctorum, or you know, um, I love the 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 definitely the Thanos name theory being one hundred percent a reality, which is so cute. I I love you know. Um, or or any of these things, I'm having so much more fun with that kind of stuff. Going back to comics from our childhood and saying like, well, well, maybe you know, um, this could lead into, or this could be a little hint towards, you know, the Living Tribunal or, um, you know, the Beyonder and these sorts of things, and uh, like maybe this is maybe we're going to do a secret wars spidey black suit where he uses the wrong machine and these sorts of things like all of these things would be so cool um and so fun that i'm having so much more fun with the kind of extracurricular stuff that you can get into as a marvel fan and i wonder and i certainly hope not but i wonder if that's that's shading my experience with this film um and so i'm apprehensive about concurring with you in that regard brent that that i don't uh or rather that i very much enjoyed it i don't know um because i can tell you when i walked into the theater 100 percent, i didn't have a you know a, an hour and a half of material or whatever we're at now right. to to bring up and it's mm-hmm. been i had three fucking notes yeah and and, no, and the rabbit hole goes the last, deep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been over the last week um, that I've been making. I've been, you know, getting out of the shower and being like, "Oh shit!" You know, something pops into my head, yeah. or waking up in the middle of the night in a fever dream of Doctor Strange. Well, and that's it. You've even mentioned you know? like four or five things in this conversation that I, you know, had either completely forgotten about or just didn't notice in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, no, it is. It's it when there's that much care taken, when there's that sort of you know, not like all those nods to the source material. That, that give us jumping off points to discuss and research and just for our own pleasure, just kind of mm-hmm. like spend, you know, an evening on Wikipedia and forums going down that rabbit hole. I mean, yeah. like, I, I think there's value in that. I think that makes a, a good movie. Does it make a mediocre movie better? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, does it make it the greatest movie? No. <laughs> no. No. I mean, we still we still do need to be critical of things that we should be critical of. Right on. All right. So remember, this is just the beginning of the conversation. We want to continue it on with you. And uh, this one is like we like I, we just talked about. It is a fucking rabbit hole that we can go very, very deep down. So reach out to us this week uh, at show at moviesroommylife.com. If you want to email, uh, you can reach us at Mermel Podcast on Twitter. Uh, do you guys want to offer up your Twitters? Sure. I am at Twice Sliced on Twitter. Devin? At your homeboy. It's uh, YR underscore homeboy. Right on. And I'm at not Brandon Fleet. Uh, you can also uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash movies for my life. Follow us there. Uh, we'll be posting some Doctor Strange materials. And uh, visit us at our website, moviesformylife.com. Uh, if you aren't already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, 
uh, pretty much anywhere that podcasts can be heard. And if we're not where you like to listen to podcasts, let us know. And we'll get there for you because we're nice gents and so forth. So accommodating. Right on. And uh, in any case, I hope you guys will subscribe. I hope you guys will stick around. We're here every Wednesday and we're on the internet every day getting yelled at by you. So uh, reach out to us this week and uh, it's been fun. Thanks for hanging out with us. Actually, the whole time I'm sitting like, but that's not what Dormammu looks like. Right? <laughs> He's supposed to be orange and purple. <laughs> and like Flames. Jack Skellington stuff. And... But I, <laughs> we'll get into it. Let's get yeah. into it in the show.